All right, y'all, welcome to another edition of Inside the Phillies podcast. I'm Kate Kistner here with Lorna Moore, Leo Morgenstern, and the infamous Alex Carr. What? Uh, so guys, let's... <laughs> what, you didn't like that? No, I, I like I like having a yeah. little tagline attached. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So, you know, this is obviously an emergency uh, pod here after game two of the World Series, heading to Philly for games three, four, and five on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Apologies for any background noise I might have on the airport uh, heading back to Philly from Houston. So, guys, let's uh, just quick reactions from uh, from game one and two. What you got? Everybody from home right now should be giving Kate a huge round of applause. He's in the middle of a crowded airport, you know, recording a podcast, something I could never do. So yeah. The big, big round of applause. My social anxiety home, could never. Yeah. Let me People in the ass. background. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what What a guy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> crying never stops. Anyways, um, <laughs> the crying never stops. So true. Hey, I'm so working on two and a half hours of sleep. Okay, all right. So I'm a little like a little I said. Grumpy. We're getting you your grumpy. round of applause. Don't worry. We're, we're thank you. We're we're thank feeding you. you your. There you go. You got it. Yeah, um, feed my ego. Thank you. But for um, me, oh Lauren, please no. I would love for you to go. I was trying, I said anyways, like two minutes ago, then everyone kept going. So I was like, okay. <laughs> um, We're just bidding. We're just bidding. <laughs> the the Phillies formula seems to be the same as it was the past two series. Split on the road, come home. And Sweep them. perhaps win all three games, although I don't see that happening. But it's possible with the, that crowd, which is going to be insane. So Isn't it funny how baseball works sometimes, though? Like, in the NLDS, NLCS, right? Phillies won game one. And now in the World Series, they won game one. And they lost game two in the other series. And now they've lost game two here. And now they're going to head to Philly and try and take out the Astros. But I think you're right, Lauren. I think the, the Astros, right, are a little bit different than the, the Braves, the Padres. Of course, I had this exact same feeling, um, you know, in all those other series. So we'll see what happens. But um, I, I can't. I cannot overstate how huge it is for the Phillies to take at least one of those uh, in Houston, especially considering that both of their aces had, quite frankly, piss poor starts. Yeah, I I feel like this is the exact position that if you're the Phillies, you you wanted to be in. Um, I, I definitely would have preferred they won the second game rather than the first game so that they go home with a little bit of momentum. But even then, I mean, you can't. I feel like you can't really complain about splitting and splitting in Houston against a team that, you know, they are so, so strong. Um, and they, they definitely showed that um, over these first two games, but I feel like now things get a little sketchy because the one thing that, and it was always going to be the case, but the one thing that Houston really has over Philadelphia is pitching depth. And now you're going to see Noah Syndergaard and Ranger Suarez against Lance McCullers and, uh, who is starting? Uh, game Christian four. Javier. Oh, Javier yeah. Vasquez. Yeah. Javier Vasquez. So Christian Javier. Christian Javier. Did I say Javier Vasquez? Yes, what is going? Did. Who is Javier? The, the, I was going to say, pitch, who is the that? Pitcher, the, the pitcher who throws to the catcher. He's all one guy, actually. Kind of special. <laughs> who you know, is the Javier Astros, Vasquez? They kind of... He's long yeah, retired, I think, Javier Vasquez. <laughs> wait, no. You know why I did that? Okay, wait. Because last week, last week, I said they should have Jonathan Broxton throw out a first pitch uh, in Philly for the NL, either it was for the NLCS or for the World Series, but it was before they had clinched. And I said Javier Vasquez instead of Jonathan Broxton. So for whatever reason, Javier Vasquez is jumping around in my brain. 
I don't know Alex, what that doesn't vindicate you. That still makes you. Oh, I'm sense. not. I'm not making excuses. But Christian Javier started Game Four anyway. Um, Houston has a huge pitching depth advantage over here, and that is kind of the sketchy part of this situation, and is what makes me a little bit more, uh, I guess, on edge if I'm the Phillies for for Game Three and Four and Five. And then, I mean, in terms of being on edge with pitching, we also have a little bit more reason to worry about Nolan Wheeler after those piss poor starts to use Kate's words and Leo language, so, please. I think we, I think we can be upset about the results. Hey, no, uh, no, no cussing Leo. All right. I will. I'll do my best. I, I don't think we can be upset about the results in the first two games, but we now it's a little shakier. I think before, at least we could have had a lot of confidence going into game five, six, knowing that you could get another Wheeler Nola start. And now a little more worried about that. I mean, in terms of the Nola start, I wasn't entirely surprised by it just because he struggled in his NLCS start too. Um, but with Wheeler, that was very concerning. I mean, I you haven't seen a start that bad from him in, I mean, practically all three years he's been here. Um, he's never had a start that has began that bad. I mean, it was three straight doubles. And they had a two nothing lead on what five pitches he threw, so it was he picked a really a good time to have a monumentally bad start. <laughs> Don't they always? But I mean, <laughs> that's the that is the definitely the most concerning thing about this past uh, this past week is that you know it wasn't just ah uh, they got nickel and dimed and they got you know they some bad luck on their side. No, Zach Wheeler. Velocity was down. Stuff was down. Location. I mean, the start of that game was so strange. He just, uh, yeah, he's aggressive, but he doesn't leave stuff out over the plate, especially not the cutter slider, whatever you want to call it. But he never leaves that pitch really out over the plate. He kind of nibbles with that pitch and he hung two of them. uh, One to uh, who hit had the second hit of the day. I know Alvarez had the, had the double that scored the, uh, the second run. Yeah. Yeah. It was Jeremy Pena. Pena. It was the one that Jeremy Pena ripped into left. Yeah, the, right past Alec Bohm. I mean, that was hung. And you never really see that from him. And 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 that was really out of the ordinary. In terms of Aaron Nola, there was a little bit more blooping going on and a little bit more, um, you know, stuff like that. But that was definitely concerning. And, you know, Ben touched on it in our last podcast, but he said, you know, that Zach Wheeler had had that knee issue uh, that he needed a numbing agent for. And you really wonder, you know, maybe it's just that maybe it's, you know, like many people have been writing long season for him. Um, so who knows, but that is definitely concerning. And I, I think if, if you're a Phillies fan, there is reason to be concerned that, you know, when they get around to games five and six, it is looking a little less uh, concrete than it was uh, prior to Roberts. this past week. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. So, you know, one thing about, you know, Wheeler, right. And that start and the knee and all that is, you know, you know, Topper has been really, really good uh, lately. Uh, not lately. He's just, sorry, this way, uh, you know, he really has just been very good about, um, you know, being truthful when it comes to like guys injuries and what they're dealing with. And both him and Zach Wheeler, you know, said that the knee was, was not an issue. You know, and I think it just comes down to, you know, he pitched, you know, more innings than anybody else in baseball in 2021. Uh, you know, he had kind of that that elbow injury 
um, you know, late in this season, which, you know, may have been a phantom, you know, IL move kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I think, I think really it's just fatigue, you know, and, you know, you see it in the velocity, you see it in the command. I, I don't really think it has anything to do with the knee, um, you know, especially when it, you know, that's coming from both, you know, Wheeler and Topper. I mean, it's a World Series, so, you know, you know, maybe you're not disclosing injuries as freely as you would, but I, I really think it just comes down to the workload. Yeah, I think fatigue seems to be the cause, and it, it's also probably tied back to the Phillies' lack of postseason experience here. Like, Wheeler is not a guy who's ever pitched in the postseason before. We saw in his first few postseason starts, he was throwing harder than ever before. And now it seems like maybe he's hit a wall and it definitely kind of reads as if he thought he could keep pushing himself, pushing himself. And maybe now he's seeing the negative effects of that. Yeah. That's the really odd thing. I think it's pretty seldom that you see a guy come out one start and throw, you know, his hardest pitches of the season. And then the next, the next start, he's kind of way back down there in the, in, you know, two, two miles an hour less uh, even than his prior start to that start where he, you know, was breaking those velocity numbers. So it is really strange. I, I think there's definitely something to that hitting a wall and um, you know, maybe it's just a little bit of like, I don't know what you would even call that like fatigue after having such a strong start um, because he was just pumping so much faster velocities than he had prior. But um, you know, I, I just really hope that once the Phillies get to that, you know, game five or six area, if they get there, uh, heaven forbid, well, they get to game five at the very least, but if they get there, um, you know, all you can really hope for is that those, those guys kind of learn from their first, first start mistakes and kind of bring it back around to where they were. Let's, let's talk about a little bit because it's all over social media and everything like that. Like, what do we think about from Valdez? I'll, I'll give my opinion, you know, after you guys kind of go. And obviously, you know what the players um, and the coaches said, but, you know, I just kind of want to get your, you know, your un, unfiltered opinion on what Valdez was doing last night and, and what you guys thought and did that impact the game in any way? I mean, I, I tweeted one thing that definitely got – it did, did it circulated more than I wanted it to. Oh, <laughs> for for those uh following along at home, Cade, I guess just lost internet or something of the sort, um, because he's no longer in our Zoom call. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think uh, when I what I what I noticed is that you know I don't think I've ever seen, especially knowing how superstitious pitchers are, I don't think I've ever seen someone change their glove and shoes without a noticeable malfunction in the middle of a game. And that is, I was not meaning to suggest anything. It was truly just like, I've never seen that before. Um, and I think it's really odd that that combined with the, you know, there was obvious substance use going on. They acknowledged it, you know, uh, uh, Rob Thompson said that he noticed and, and, and didn't care, I think is what, what he said. He was just like, you know, it, we noticed and it happened and whatever. Um, and look, I'm, I'm, not somebody who thinks that substances are just like, you know, totally bannable, whatever, but under the new rules that MLB has put in place, they're supposed to be able to, you know, crack down on things like that. I suppose. Um, I'm just not sure. It just feels like we're just playing with a blurred line here. And I kind of hate that because 
then the internet goes crazy and everyone's like, ah, the Astros are cheating and the Astros are known for cheating and whatever. And that just feels kind of unfair because every organization cheats. It's just a matter of whether or not they got caught. And I feel like that's like a, I don't know. It It's weird. I just think that it's really silly that, um, you know, this is something that people are noticing and people are seeing and it's, it's not being addressed um, by baseball and not being addressed by seemingly anybody outside of, you know, the internet, which is weird. Yeah. I just, I wish we could have had it addressed during the game immediately. And if not, it doesn't seem like anything's going to happen. Nothing's going to come of it. And we don't really have any formal details or proof on either side. So it, it feels hard to really say any more about or have a further opinion about because I don't think it's going to end up mattering. And the other weird thing was like how they just casually slid on the broadcast. Like, oh, hey, Martin Maldonado was using an illegal bat. Like that happened. And then the other weird thing was how Kyle Tucker's bat broke. The 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 way that that bat just cleanly broke and flew towards Aaron Nola's head, you know, possibly could have killed him. Yeah, He wasn't paying attention. But like, really weird occurrences it's very strange i don't and look i'm not trying to like start some conspiracy bandwagon thing but it's so strange that all of these things happen in a series a world series with the houston astros it's just really weird um and it feels like the internet is always watching them a little bit closer which is uh, also just something weird about baseball like why i don't know with these things just have to be addressed on a broader level that uh, aren't just you know the internet doing sleuthing whatever (laughs) it's so weird i i noticed today writing the piece i wrote about stott that his numbers at home this postseason versus his numbers on the road this postseason are dramatically different um he has a he's batting 316 at home and he has he's batting zero on the road this postseason um he doesn't have a hit on the road this postseason um so i for that reason and more he needs to be starting for the next three games um and i know leo wrote a piece about marsh the other day too that um i know obviously he struggled in the nlcs a lot uh he didn't record a hit but you know, he had that double in game one and he's, and he has good numbers against the Astros as Leo wrote. So I think having those two in there will make a difference. And additionally, just having the home crowd behind them obviously seems to make a huge difference for them. Um, And I think Harper, because Harper didn't, I mean, did he do much the first two games? Not really. He was hitless for the first time. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, last night I know that much. Um, you know, and I knew he grounded into a couple double plays. I think, which just isn't like him. Uh, so I think getting back home, I think it's going to help both Harper and Schwarber, and also Reese. But I think (laughs) Harper just seems very, very motivated by that crowd, and he wants to, you know, keep them into it. Not that they need help, but he he knows how to keep them entertained <laughs> well, i think they all probably are looking forward to going home i think that yeah. um especially when it comes to and those crowds in houston were weak well and you know what would be really <laughs> interesting actually lauren i'm glad you bring that up because could you imagine if those things on twitter started circulating and the phillies are at home what the crowd would 
react like um <laughs> that feels actually really pertinent to like what we're about to see in citizens bank park um i don't know i feel like because there have been moments you know during Phillies games that that i've attended where like you know there's an eagles game going on and and people are or not an eagles game but like a flyers game or a Sixers game and and people see you know something happened in in, in the game and they start cheering like some section uh that's watching the game maybe at like a bar in the stadium or something like that starts cheering and that can happen with the internet they're scrolling through twitter you know in between innings and they see something and they're like hey you know everybody get ramped up get riled up so that could be very interesting um as as the phillies head back home um but ultimately with with the whole framber valdez thing before we before we move off of that um i feel like this is more than just some, you know, yes, he might've been doing something not pertaining to MLB's rules, whatever. But the fact of the matter is he, he shut the Phillies down, right? Like that it, it happened. Rob Thompson wasn't concerned enough about what he was doing to, to stop the game. Um, and he, he totally, you know, used his curveball to dominate the team. And that can't happen. Those things can't spiral. I honestly, I just, I knew he had that uh, quality start streak during yeah. the season. So I didn't really think anything of it. I mean, I, I kind of expected him to dominate the lineup and we weren't going to do that much or the Phillies weren't going to do that much against him. Yeah. It just, it feels like, especially with a, with a left-hand slugger heavy lineup um, and guys that can tend to chase uh, outside the zone, they really didn't match up well against him there. And that's going to be something that happens probably against Lance McCullers as well. Um, and Christian Javier too, these guys are nasty, um, or Javier Vasquez, you know, whoever they end up facing in that fourth game, but, uh, those guys are nasty. They don't throw a lot of stuff in the zone that you're going to really be able to punish. And, um, so ultimately I think that the, the offense just needs to find that big hit, uh, come game four, come game three. Um, and hopefully, you know, they, they feel more compelled to do so at home. I think sort of could tie together our conversation about the Phillies momentum with Stodd and Marsh in the lineup and this sticky stuff controversy with Valdez. One of the things Rob Thompson has done best all season is trust his players and believe in his players. And it's something that's come up again and again. And my feeling is that he chose not to say anything to the umpires about what he may or may not have seen with Valdez because he was trying to have faith in his guys. And he was probably thinking, look, if in order to win this game, my guys just have to go up, they have to hit, they have to hit this guy. I'm not going to try to make a stink about how it's unfair or we're at a disadvantage. I just have to believe that they can go into this game and do the right thing. And he learned from Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter. I was just yeah. about to say, like, that's so funny <laughs> that you, that is a great point, Leo. I think that's a really, really good point because, you know, Buck Showalter looked like an, an idiot when he, when he went up and, you know, asked them to check his ears or, uh, you know, that whole thing was just a little bit of a clown show. And it was uh, so it's, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, Thompson is really doing a great job of, of, of listening and having faith. And, um, you know, I feel like doing what Buck Walter did would kind of work against what has earned him so much trust. Um, so I think that's actually a really, a really great point. Um, yeah. Laura, you know, it was also probably in the back of his mind was when um, Joe Girardi had Max Scherzer checked. Ooh. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> true. 
forgot um, about that. I for I, it would have been last year, obviously, but I his you know that was a whole thing. I mean, that was that, that was, was bad. And obviously, Thompson was there. He saw the whole thing. Bet you, he's like, I'm not making that mistake. Um, so that and Showalter, I feel like in the back of his mind, like yeah. And I also, um, I mean, we don't we as you know people that cover the team, we don't really know what the vibe was after that altercation between Girardi and Scherzer. But maybe, you know, maybe the players were like, why did you do that, Joe? Like, why did you, you know, why did you do that? You knew that he wasn't actually doing anything, you know, wrong uh, or something like that. Who knows? But either way, I think Thompson probably made the right decision uh, because Valdez was, was tearing them up either way. Um, so, you know, it is what it is, but how are y'all feeling going into, you know, this home stretch? I feel like this is going to be probably some of the craziest baseball we've ever watched uh, from a Citizens Bank Park perspective. Uh, personally, I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm a little I'm a little scared. And the fact that the first World Series game in Philly since 2009 is on Halloween night. It just I don't even know what to expect from that. <laughs> I really don't. The stars <laughs> the stars aligned for this perfect moment. Good lord. <laughs> I mean, Leo, what do you think? Oh, I think to be honest, I'm not as I'm not as nervous as I feel like I should be or maybe as I want to be. Just I'm still in that place where I'm so dumbfounded that they're here. Yeah. Like it's I'm I think you. once I'm watching game 3 well, on TV, but at Citizens Bank Park, and you hear that World Series crowd, it's going to feel more real to me. I'm just still so dumbfounded and just sort of thrilled that they made it this far. Yeah. That I'm just kind of happy to be along for the ride. I'm but, with uh, you. I, it really, I don't know about YouTube, but it really hasn't sunk into me. It really hasn't. Uh, I don't know. And I, I don't know if that's like you mentioned, Leo, like, if that's just me being dumbfounded or if that's just me being, I don't know, like just gracious that that they've, they've finally, you know, reached this point where, um, you know, or, or maybe it's just that, you know, what this does for the team is just so much bigger than anything pertaining to winning a title. Like that group of guys that are going through this right now, this is a huge bonding experience. It's also big for the franchise and that they get that monkey off their back of like, you know, not making the postseason, not making an NLDS, not making an NLCS, not making a World Series, right? Like that's all out the window. They are they are back in it. They are here. They've made a statement, right? Um, so it's really um, it might be that too. Uh, but I really am struggling to like get in the moment and like feel um as excited as I want to feel. Um, and you know, not that you two are my therapists or anything, but like. Do you feel the same way? Do you, is that, is that a similar, similar thing to your experience? Yeah. Um, I have been kind of the whole time I've been in the middle about it. Like I'm kind of, okay. You know, I'm happy that I'm just happy the Phillies made it to this point. And I mean, I never expected them to win a pennant and here we are taking on the Astros. But I also know that if the Phillies lose the World Series, I will be absolutely crushed. <laughs> um, they need to beat the Astros. Um, I will be heartbroken uh, if they lose, even though at the same time, I'm very happy with that they even made it here. 
Um, I mean, I remember thinking in that game one of the wild card series, I'm like, well, this is over. And yeah. look what happened. <laughs> so, yeah, I've just kind of been like wrestling between those two, like devil on my shoulder, angel on my shoulder type of thing. Like, it's just, uh, yeah, it hasn't fully sunken in for me yet. And I'm also like, what, you know, if what if they win? Like, how am I going to react? Like, um, what is kind of, a, what is kind of strange about, about how they've gotten to this point is that like, it feels like, and that so many people have compared them to the uh, Astros, the nationals, um, and, and that crazy run, um, that the, the, the miracle, you know, 2019 nationals went on, but I don't know it, that it feels so different because it feels like this team's best baseball is kind of ahead of them. Um, whereas with the nationals, that was like kind of the, the come down from, you know, obviously they had just lost Bryce Harper and then, um, they were about to lose Max Scherzer. They were about to lose Trey Turner. They were little did we know they were about to lose Juan Soto. I mean, like it, it, that felt kind of like their last chance, their last dance as it were. Um, and with the Phillies knock on wood, obviously, but it, I think it's, it's so hard to believe because this is a group of guys that haven't been together for that long. Yeah. Um, it feels, it feels like an incomplete team. Like, yeah, a, a little in a bit. way, <laughs> a little in a bit. way. I mean, I just know that the teams that went to the world series in 08 and 09, they felt, they felt more complete and that's why it wasn't surprising. Whereas I feel like um, this team, you know, there's still players that are going to break out and have, you know, really good seasons. I mean, Nick Castellanos had a horrible season for the most part and we're here. Bryson Stott is still only a rookie and the Phillies are here. Uh, Brandon Marsh still has a ton of potential and they're here. I mean, so it, I get what you're saying. Like it's, I mean, it's hard not to look towards the future too mm -hmm. and uh, feel hopeful about it. Um, but I mean, anything is possible they could who knows where they'll be who knows where they'll be a week from now well I, speaking of oh go leo leo i was please. just i have to admit that a little selfishly i have been thinking that man if this team wins the world series the chances of reese hoskins sticking around longer go up by so much and that is <laughs> one of i feel a little bad about it but like one of the reasons i really really want them to win the world wow series this is, is really a this is a a a podcast full of Reese Hoskins, uh, you know, <laughs> appreciators. I feel like. See, Leo, there's people out there that probably want them to lose because they want. They to just talk. turned off the podcast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but how? So how are y'all feeling about this this homestand? I feel like they can take two of these next three games, but at the same time, the momentum being on the Astros' side kind of scares me a little bit. I feel like, uh, you know, this this third game is definitely like a or I guess third game, not so much as the fourth game is now kind of like that big turning point. It feels like because you get Rager Suarez on the mound then. But I don't know. I feel like if the Astros can keep rolling with their momentum, it it definitely doesn't feel great. If the Phillies can regain some momentum, I feel like it feels fine. But what do you all I think? Mean it just uh they they face the same issue in the other two series too 
you know, it seemed like the momentum shifted to the Braves or it shifted to the Padres. So I don't know if I fully buy in that the momentum shifted to the Astros. Um, The Phillies are a completely different team when they're home. Um, I don't think that they'll win all three games at home. I I could see them taking two of three. Um, Could you imagine if they if they swept these next three games? I mean, that that would be that would be insane. Um, I mean, the 2008 Phillies were undefeated at home, so it's possible. Hey, but what do you think, Leo? I'm. I think that they can definitely win two out of the three games. I, of course, I think the most like the more likely outcome is that the Astros take two out of three. Yes, I mean we see clear pitching advantage for Houston, and I think that probably outweighs any home field momentum. But in the Syndergaard game, if Rob Thompson rides his bullpen hard again, which he can do because of the off day and because he didn't need to use all of his best guys in game two. I, the Phillies pitching could be better than we think if just Syndergaard goes one time through the lineup and then you get maybe three combined innings from Dominguez and Alvarado like that's it's getting somewhere and we saw Ranger Suarez look really good against uh Jordan Alvarez and uh Kyle Tucker as well he didn't I don't think he got Tucker out did he yeah but he, oh no Tucker had a single but yeah. you know but still, he almost I'm, had him Hopeful for Ranger. And so I, it could happen. Two two out of three at home could happen. And I want it to happen. And I, I do have a lot of faith in the offense coming into these three games. I think they'll look, I mean, and they find ways to win. We've learned that. Uh, I mean, game one, the fact that they won that game is insane to me still. Something that I am looking forward to in this series, though, is I really hope that Noah Syndergaard comes out and kind of like just puts it all on the line. Um, This is a guy that has experience throwing velocity. Um, And even though that hasn't been, you know, his game plan at all this season, I really do feel like for a guy that hasn't pitched in God knows how long, um, you know, he's he's going to come out with a fresh arm. Uh, I hope it's I hope it's loose. And I hope, you know, one time through the order would be absolutely huge if they get any more from him. Um, I feel like, you know, we're living on another plane, but uh, I feel like one time through the order, maybe shows a little bit more oomph to his stuff. Uh, but all I know is they're facing two righties and that probably means Bryson Stott, like you wanted Lauren and, and, and Brandon Marsh probably make their way into the lineup. And Stott has been amazing in terms of, you know, play discipline as well as just like, tearing the cover off the ball really he's had a um, few really great doubles not to change the subject but i just for some reason i have john Heyman's tweet notifications on just for trade purposes <laughs> and he said one of the best things the astros did was turn montero and hector naris into excellent relievers hector Ooh. naris has been there yeah been exactly there. been there baby he has uh, no idea what he's talking <laughs> about anyways anyway <laughs> so we'll wrap it up there but for lauren amore leo morgenstern Kate Kistner, who still never made his way back who, onto the podcast. Who lost Wi-Fi, <laughs> I yeah. guess he got lost in the airport. Uh, <laughs> and for myself, Alex Carr, thanks for listening, guys. And here's hoping we'll be uh, we'll be back after the homestand with good news for you. Maybe one more game, two more games in store. Uh, fingers crossed. 